0: craft beer coverage of the great american beer fest we have a few more presentations from the food and beer pavilion this one is beer and comfort food with Sebby bueller from Rogales. as usual carolyn Smogalski does a better job at introducing the presentation than i could so here we go
1: good afternoon ladies and gentlemen i'm carolyn Smogalski, the beer fox the writer and editor of beer and brewing at bella online It's the second largest website for women on the internet, also international beer writer for Beer Connoisseur Magazine. Thank you for coming in here to rest your tired feet and to learn all kinds of secrets about beer. When approached with the line, haven't I seen you somewhere before? Our first presenter of the day gets a grin on her face and exclaims, yes, on the bottle of Rogue's Chocolate Stout. <laughs> As Rogue Ale's passionate ambassador of beer, she opened up the East Coast Market in 1991 and has not stopped since. She's a constant defender of beer, working tirelessly to get craft beer onto wine lists and presenting beer and food at hundreds of dinners and at festivals and fundraisers, both regionally and on the national stage. She is a founding member of the Clear Boots Society, a newly launched organization of women in the craft distilling industry, patterned after the beer industry's Pink Boots Society. Here to talk with you of the comfort and versatility of beer, may I present to you from award-winning rogue ales of Newport, Oregon, rogue advocate, Sevi Bueller. Thank you. <laughs>
2: I feel like this is a, a you know, a variety show. <laughs> um, before we really get into this, I also want to introduce someone who's here with me today. Wow, that's great. Right. We're going to be tasting some very unusual flavors, and part of those are a chocolate from San Francisco from a company called Cho, T-C-H-O. Um, Jeremy was, was generous enough to provide some of the chocolate today for the food that we're going to taste, but he's working another session, so I want him to come up and just give you a little Cho Chocolate 101 so he can get back to his blind tasting. So Jeremy Wanamaker from Cho in, in San Francisco will uh, tell you what you need to know. Do you want to borrow this? Sure.
0: <laughs> Hello. How you guys doing? Alright, uh, so Cho, we're a small uh, artisan chocolate factory in San Francisco, down at Pier 17. Uh, we do all our own sourcing, we go directly from bean to bar, so uh, all the processing is done by us. We do everything. Uh, we also work directly with the farmers. Um, the majority of it is fair trade organic, um, or entirely organic. and not necessarily a fair trade. We try to wherever we can. Um, all of our chocolates are based on flavor profiles, except for the chocolate that we have here in the pairing. It's actually our professional blend. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, our Ghana. It's a uh, the base for our chocolatey bar, and then uh, a uh, special blend uh, Ecuadorian variety. So, uh, if you guys have any questions, you know, uh, let Sebi you know and. We can give you all feedback. Uh, Check out Cho.com, so if you guys have any information, feedback, or anything, you have questions, give us a holler. Appreciate it.
2: Okay. thank you Cho. Um, The plates that are going to be coming out, I want to warn you, there is a item on there that has toothpicks in it. So be very careful. There should be toothpicks holding a fig that's stuffed with blue cheese that's wrapped with bacon that's dipped in a tempered chocolate from Cho. So be very careful. Um, If anybody has a nut allergy, we're using a blue cheese that's smoked over hazelnut shells. I don't know if that will impart a problem. If you have an EpiPen, go for it. But if you don't, don't. Um, So what we're gonna do is I have this plate. I don't know if you can see this on the monitor. Am I on? But we're doing four different items. It's also on this menu sheet. We have the bacon from Newskies in Wisconsin, Applewood smoked bacon. We've got on the plate a two-year-old cheddar cheese from Shelburne Farms in New York, and it's got a nice age and crystallization. We've got a couple of the professional chips from Cho. It's a 69% cacao. And then we have this fig nugget. Um, I did pass out on all the chairs the information about the beers and the foods that we're going to be pairing. So you've all had your first beer poured, I would presume? All right, we're starting off with something that we're going to talk about flavors today. So in the flavor of this beer, we've got a lot of herbal and sweet characteristics. On all of the bottles of Rogue, we do list the ingredients. We do list the measurements so home brewers can know apparent attenuation, IBUs, love a bond, etc. This is unusual because it's made with chamomile, wheat, oats, it's got some honey in it, orange peel. It's very light, it's very soft, it's very herbal. Um, So the thing to do is, as you have each beer come out, take a little nibble of all of these things. You've got a piece of bacon, you've got some cheese, and just kind of play with the flavors. We're gonna have four different styles of beer. We've got, as I said, the summer ale. The second beer is actually, The Morimoto regular soba. I thought we were bringing in the roasted black Obi soba, but they sent the wrong beer, so we're going to drink it anyway. Um, This is a very lightly hopped beer. It doesn't have any roast on it. It's about 50% roasted buckwheat, so that component is gluten-free, but it does have barley in it. It's a beautiful beer. It's got a little bit of a texture from the soba, a little bit of mouthfeel, and that's going to be fun to see how that works with the chocolate and the bacon. Beer number three is brand new. You might recognize this guy on the label. It's John Meyer. He's been brewing with Rogue for 21 years. And we are now of legal drinking age in Newport, Oregon, finally. Um, John couldn't be here today. He's actually in Italy at the Slow Food Cheese Festival, having just come from the big international Drink Tech Festival in Munich. But uh, he sends his regards, and he won two medals, and I'm sure he's very happy this evening, probably drinking a Barola, which is good. The fourth beer, we're gonna go to the dark side. Obviously, with me on a label, we're going to pour my beer because I want you to try it. This is the base. The the base of this beer is uh, Rogue Shakespeare Stout, an oatmeal stout, 69 IBUs, nice dark roast. It's got some, obviously, oatmeal in it, as I mentioned. What we do is we take the finished Shakespeare Stout and we blend a chocolate into it at the end of fermentation. So it's basically infused with bittersweet chocolate. And it's, in my personal opinion, gorgeous. Um... The other factor of the food and the flavors we're gonna talk about is umami. And if you don't like blue cheese, you're gonna go, umami, so that's how you pronounce it. U-M-A-M-I, it's the fifth tasting sense that we have. On this, you'll see the trademark James Beard Foundation palette map, and it talks about sour, sweet, bitter. Well, umami is more the glutamic acids and what it does in your flavor, in your palate making you like things. Um, Tomatoes have a lot of glutamic acid, bacon, dark chocolate, aged cheeses, figs. So these are very pleasurable items and we're gonna be able to just cascade through all the beers and all the food. So, who started to eat? I want some feedback and some comments. Anybody digging it so far? Chocolate's delicious. There's several ways of, of eating chocolate. The, the people at Vosges who build their chocolate by the world and their travels and things that have influenced them, uh, they do have a bacon bar. This is something that influenced my talk today. The most Bacon Bar is a milk chocolate with applewood smoked bacon. But their philosophy is when you eat chocolate, you should listen to it. This isn't really sharp, so it didn't snap. You're supposed to put it in your mouth and just let it melt. Some people are chewers, most of us are chewers, because that's how we grew up eating chocolate. But the sensation of letting it melt on your tongue and permeate around your mouth is really quite pleasurable. And of course, you can add a little taste of bacon to it as you're letting it Now the summer ale has got, as I mentioned, the chamomile and the orange peel. You're going to get a lot of citrus and a lot of sweetness. That works pretty well with the chocolate and the bacon. Anybody have a problem with it? All thumbs up? Sweet. How about with the cheddar? This Vermont cheddar, as I mentioned, is a two-year-old. It does have a lot of glutamic acid in it. As cheddars age, they get that kind of crystalline character that crunches as you chew it. That's umami. And if you talk to the cheese people, they say you should put the cheese in your mouth and mash it all up in a ball. Kind of play with it. Let it paste around the top of your mouth. Take a little sip of beer. pretty nice with the honey cream. I the, the cheddar's coming through more in the finish for me. The beer isn't quite big enough to really stand up to it, but everybody has a different flavor profile, everybody has a different palate. So what works for me may not be what you like, and that's just dandy. So have we moved on to the second beer yet? I'm not really watching. Okay. Oh, they're still handing out some of the food. All right. I mentioned that the fact that Vosges does their chocolates by their travels and their influences of where uh, Katrina's been. The cool thing about Cho is they've taken a totally different way of, of talking about chocolate. It's not light and dark. It's not percentage cacao. They talk about flavors. So they've got fruity, nutty, citrus, floral, earthy and chocolatey, and that's the flavors and the words that they use to describe their chocolates. Um, We're not tasting one of their regular products today. As Jeremy mentioned, this is their commercial blend. But after we're done, if you go over to the Brewing Network booth, which is right down this aisle, they do have some of the small Cho tasters back there and if, you're not, if you hadn't had enough chocolate by then, which you might not have, uh, go get a few, a few more samples. But it's kind of fun to, to talk about the flavors versus the percentage, the light-dark. It's just a, way, a different way of describing it. Looks like we're on the second beer. How many of you watch Food Network? How many of you are Iron Chef fans? So we, uh, we do four beers with Iron Chef Morimoto-san, and uh, it's, it's a real pleasure to be able to work with him. Since I live on the East Coast, I actually get to go to some events with him and watch him cook. We bring a saber, and he sabers the top of the bottle off. It's, it's, it's fun show, fun, fun events. Um, this beer, as I mentioned, has got that soft characteristic from the soba, Soba is part of the rhubarb family. It's the seed of the flower of the buckwheat plant. It's very high in B vitamins. It's very high in potassium. It's really healthy. That part, as I mentioned, is gluten-free, but the soba gives it like a texture. Back a couple years ago, there were a lot of hemp and ales on the market, and that hemp seed, the sterilized hemp seed, also had that kind of texture in the mouthfeel For a very light beer, it's got some body and some flavor. Pretty easy drinking with sushi, obviously, but it holds up really well to cheeses, too. Um, I've done a number of classes in New York City at Artisanal, and the soba recently was paired with eight different cheeses, from very mild goat cheeses to really big, strong, close to blues, not quite blue cheeses. And out of the four beers I served, the soba ale was everybody's favorite. And it surprised me. I didn't expect it to hold up to big flavors, but it did that day. So let's try some zoba. You guys got it pretty much poured in the back? Let's spill some summer. (laughs) I'm not used to this headset. Not used to being on stage, but. So as you can see, color wise, and we really don't like to talk that much about color because it's more flavor, but it is a very light ale. And it's. Got a lot of flavor behind it. <laughs> this is going to drive me nuts. <laughs> Back again. So, did I turn myself off? Oh, there I am. Let's try a little bit of soba with our components here. Oh, these guys have blown through it. They couldn't wait. <laughs> Just remember to take those toothpicks out, please. Soba works with the bacon, but I think I like the summer better, but that's me, chocolate. That's a nice finish, I like that too, not a problem. Two year old Shelburne Farms, now again you're going to get that little crystalline flavor here, mush it all up in your mouth. That's gorgeous. That's really nice. So soap is a winner with these different umami flavors. And again, as I said, it's very healthy. We don't pasteurize our beers. Most of them are not even filtered, so you're getting a lot of B vitamins and a lot of good things from the yeast. It's not like in college where you don't want to drink the dregs. But here, what's on the bottom of the glass is really good for you. I think I'm moving faster than the beer servers. Anybody have questions or comments about this so far? Sean? <laughs> How many people still have their little nugget left on their plate? A few of you. All right. Since most of the, most of the, the room has gone into it, let me describe this. I've been watching a lot of, a lot of uh, shows on strange food combinations and bacon and chocolate obviously with Vosges is something that's caught my eye. And I started playing with taking a fig, cutting it open, kind of pressing the insides because that's where all the good seeds are. I would never scoop out my fig. With this particular combination nugget, I put some rogue creamery cheese that smoked over the hazelnut shells and just packed it inside, wrapped up the fig in bacon, from Newskies in Wisconsin. Put a couple toothpicks in it to hold it and then baked it. You can pan fry it, you can broil it, you can bake it at a high heat. You wanna make sure it's elevated, it's not sitting on the fat, the cheese is drizzling out, all the grease is there. Uh, two days ago at DU, up near DU, I almost started a kitchen fire in my girlfriend's house because we cooked about 150 pieces of bacon. <laughs> but once you wrap it and you cook it, you just let it cool, get some chocolate, you temper it, and tempering chocolate, you have to do it between about 87 and 90 degrees. It's a very small window where the chocolate can be spread and it will harden up. So that's that's it. I mean, it would be a fun food for parties, things like that. Did people like it? Some of you have dove into it. Yeah? Yeah. Looks like we're on to the third beer. I see some Meyerfest coming out. All right, down the hatch with the soba. Who here doesn't know rogue ales? <laughs> We've been brewing for 21 years primarily as an ale brewery. We've done a few lagers. It hasn't really been John's niche that he's gone after, but he likes to brew lagers, and he's German and he does like going to Germany and drinking lagers. We just got a new German brew house in two years ago. So this is a brand new release for us, the Meyerfest Lager. It's a little bit darker than you might expect from your regular lager, but kind of a honey, honey cream in, in that area, not clear, clear, commercial, commercial. Again, unfiltered, unfined. And on, a, on the, as I said, on the bottles, we list all the ingredients. I'll just read it from the bottle. Seven ingredients, Durst Pilsner, Durst Munich, and Weirman acidulated malts. Now, that's when you actually take acid, run it through the malts, and it changes some of the protein characteristics. A lot of the Japanese brewers use acidulated malt. Then for, for uh, hops, we're using Oregon Pearl and the Rogue Farm Willamette hops. We are now farmers in Oregon. We planted our own hop and barley fields. The hop fields are near Salem in Independence, Oregon. We'll be opening a tasting room there. You can see the hops growing. If you come in, in late August, you can actually see the harvest. It's pretty amazing. And then way out in Eastern Oregon, way out the Columbia River Basin, is where we've got a couple hundred acres of barley. We just killed our first batch. The guys at Envy North, who is who is our, who took care of the kilning of the malts, Brett? Couldn't hear it, but they were killed in Oregon. They said it was one of the best harvests and kilnings and drawings of, of wheat. I don't know the technical terms because I'm not a brewer, but they were really proud, surprised, thrilled, as were our brewers. So we're now starting to play with our own grow-your-own Oregon-made products. Pretty nice looking. I haven't tried it, so... It's got that crisp finish that you expect from a German lager. And I think with the bacon and the chocolate, it's gonna be delicious. I think you all have eaten all your stuff and I'm up here rambling. Oh, I've got a few. The nugget, it worked best with the nugget. You haven't had the chocolate stout though. I bet you some of you don't have a nugget and we haven't gotten to the chocolate. (laughs) I almost added salt to the nugget, But there's enough salt in the bacon. But I think a little sea salt on this would be fun. And or taking some hazelnuts and crushing them and roasting them. Chef Sean Paxton's nodding. Horseradish? I still can't hear him. (laughs) There's too much. (laughs) Smoked salt. There's not enough smoked flavors in this already. I'm giving up mine to Chef Sean Paxton. If none of you have heard him speak this weekend, he's uh he's very influential in how I think about food, food and beer. I had the the pleasure of going to the National Home Brewers Conference. Were any of you in Oakland this year? Wow. Are you members, homebrewer members? Sweet. John Meyer came to Oakland with his wife, Stacy. We poured beer at a booth for three days, and at the banquet dinner for the awards, Sean cooked for 800 people in a kitchen he had never been in before. He used a keg of beer in every component of every, we brought five kegs of beer, and he cooked with all five kegs for 800 people. Then we paired with the food another beer. It was off the charts. John Meyer, who's, Got a really good palate, he's pretty particular about his food, said it was the best beer dinner he's ever had. And this was in a kitchen that Sean had never worked in for 800 people. The kitchen was on a different level and across this old convention center from where it was served. It was insane how well they put this together and how great it tasted. So, He's influenced me in beer and food and, and I just love seeing how these flavors come together. Obviously, I'm playing with a lot of strange stuff here, but uh, I don't think it's that strange anymore. You, you turn on the TV and you see the Wisconsin State Fair and they're selling bacon on a stick dipped in chocolate. It's the new rage. They're just missing the blue cheese and the fig. But <laughs> Which is what I did. I went home and I put it on a stick and I packed some some cheese on there and tempered some chocolate. and It was kind of fun, but it, it, I think wrapping it in the fig was easier to deliver for, for this group anyway. So we're moving over to the dark side now. I see the chocolate coming out. This beer is very rich in flavor, but it's only about 6% alcohol. So the, the body is thick, the flavors are big, but it's not a big beer, it's not an imperial, it's an oatmeal stout with chocolate, as I mentioned. It's got a lot, of, a, a lot right off the nose And this beer was made for cheese, and bacon, and chocolate. <laughs> I, take, um, I take this beer and blend it a lot, and I encourage you to as well. We do a, a beer made with smoked chipotle peppers, jalapeno peppers, chipotle ale. And when you mix the chocolate stout with the chipotle ale, you get a mole black and tan. You get your chilies and your chocolate. It's a lot of fun. would have been fun to serve that today too. You can take anything from a Rodenbach or a a Goose, like a creek, and add it to it. Lots of fun. So hazelnut brown in this, lots of fun. It's also really easy to cook with. You can add it into a cake if you buy the issue of Bon Appetit this month. Chef Bruce Adels, who's known for his charcuterie and sausages in San Francisco, Adels sausages, wrote an article on Oktoberfest flavors, and he mentions beer and he mentions chocolate cake, and his recipe suggestion is Brooklyn chocolate, and Garrett makes a beautiful beer. He doesn't have chocolate in it, it's just roasted to the flavor of chocolate, or rogue chocolate stout. And there's a picture in Bon Appetit, I think it's page 123, of a beautiful piece of cake with a glass of stout behind it, and I can only hope it's mine. But it's nice to see that chefs are writing these articles in national trade food magazines that are more wine-driven than beer-driven. So I have to write him a big thank you letter and send him a couple bottles of beer. But big and dark, 69 IBUs. The hops kind of tame down the sweetness from the oatmeal. Very well balanced, great over ice cream, easy to cook with. I got somebody back there doing the, thank you, thank you. Lots of the classic C's in this. I do believe it's, you'd think I would know, right? Cascade and, oh, we changed, we got Willamette Valley in here now. So we changed the hops up a little bit. John Meyer can do whatever he wants with his ingredients. He says carte blanche, which is why we got a hop farm and a barley farm. It's probably why he's in Italy at Slow Food Bra right now. Maybe we'll make a blue cheese beer. But the chocolate stout with the cheese, I mean, I love dark roasted beers with big, strong cheeses. This with blue cheese, to me, is just phenomenal. This with oysters is phenomenal. This with anything grilled or braised, because the roastiness, obviously, from the the malts is going to come out, and the food that's been braised and, and roasted. It's just a really... Easy beer to pair all the way around whatever you're cooking. Hey, I'd had this with pa- uh, with pancakes, chocolate chip pancakes and some bacon in the morning, a little chocolate stout. Cold, snowy day, stuck at home, you don't have to drive anywhere. Why not? So we've kind of gone through the, the whole uh, gamut right here. As I mentioned, You should really look at this umami map because it's really fun to see what your tongue is, all the receptors that you have. It turns out that there are some people who are super tasters and they have really high levels of whatever the things are in your tongue, the sensory things, um, and they don't like bitter flavors. And super tasters don't like dark coffee, they don't like hoppy beers. It's kind of interesting that their palates just reject those flavors. I love coffee and I love bitter beer. I'm not a super taster, but I know what I like, so this is what I brought to you. (laughs) And of course, we're out in Oregon. We've got nine locations. And if any of you have been out to visit Rogue, come on back. You may not have been to Astoria or to our Eugene City Brewery. We actually have a place in the Portland Airport cool thing is that through security, you're at, at the concourse. You can get a growler of beer to go and take it on the plane. And if your plane gets stuck on the tarmac, you're going to have a beer. <laughs> but it's really cool because you can actually go in there and buy, get some Kobe burgers with the Snake River Kobe and the Rogue Creamery Cheese and the Nooski's Bacon and have a couple Rogues and get a few bottles to go and you don't have to worry about the security. It's, it's lovely. So we've been around for 21 years. We started in 1988. John Myers has been, been with us since day one. We would love for people to come visit us in San Francisco. Issaquah Brew House, that's our sister brew house. Eugene City, we're pouring some of the beers from Eugene. Issaquah's is all frog, menage of frog, frog autoie, bull frog, frog in the rye, smoked frog, et cetera. Eugene is all track and running related track town ales 200 meter 100 meter triple jump etc the Rogue products are all made in Newport so John Meyer is Rogue and our other brands are we have a separate breweries and separate bre- uh, brewers we're also distilling we have a small distillery in Portland where we're making all of our rums our light dark and hazelnut rum our young distillerists dis- I guess is like Brewster distiller or we have a female distiller there we go She's got a couple black belts, so she's our ninja distiller. But it's right above our brew pub, and if you come to Portland, you can get a a distillery tour. It's a very cute little system. Then when you come down to Newport to the coast, we have the House of Spirits, a different system, much larger. John Couchette is doing Dead Guy Whiskey. We're distilling the malts from Dead Guy. He's doing amazing spruce and cucumber gin, and then he takes that and puts it in Pinot Noir barrels for six months called Pink Gin. And it's really interesting because we've taken the barrels from our distillation, the hazelnut rum, the spruce gin, the dead guy whiskey, and then we put the beer. We've got the the juniper pale ale in the juniper spruce gin aged. We've got the dead guy ale in the dead guy whiskey barrel aging. Hazelnut brown in the hazelnut rum. And it's our John John series. John Meyer, our brewer. John Couchette, our distiller. If anybody went to the Pints for Prostate tasting yesterday at Wynkoop, that we had our dead guy, John John, over there, which I still haven't tried. Um, these are really special products. There's very little bit in the market. We're starting to release it more and more. But it's exciting to see the combination of the beer, the distillation, aged in wood, how it changes, the influences of all those flavors. And, of course, you've got to come to Newport to experience some of that. So... You guys look, some of you are peeling out. Does anybody have any questions? I'm, yes. Oh, there we go. Thank you, Carolyn. <laughs> I'm nervous as hell.
1: <laughs> just test, aha.
2: Excellent, thank you. Um, yeah, I, uh I know that Rogue now owns Green Dragon and, uh, as well, uh, Integrity Spirits on the backside. Uh, Are you going to start distilling Rogue uh, Spirits uh, in the backside of Integrity and maybe brewing at Green Dragon? I don't know if we're going to... Are we going to distill Integrity at the backside of the Dragon? Do we have any plans? I got the president back here. (laughs) Not yet. I mean, Integrity, we have a a sister pub in Portland that we don't brew at, we don't distill at. It's its own little entity called the Green Dragon. It's a pretty freaking hip and cool place. If you're there on October 3rd, we're having a huge cheese festival. But the property, the bar, is next to a distillery called Integrity, and they're doing some pretty amazing things. Um, We're independent, so I don't think there's collaborations or utilization of, but you never know. Collaborations come out of you know interesting places. So, anybody else?
1: More questions?
2: Well, I want to thank you all. I think you should go out and drink some award-winning beers out there. Thank you for enjoying my umami nugget tasting and
1: come to Oregon and visit us, please. Cheers. Join me in thanking Sevi Bueller from Rogue Ales. And thanks to the students of Johnson and Wales who have been assisting today. Thank you all for coming. Go out and become great ambassadors of beer.